Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks. And before we start the show, I just want to tell you how you can participate with us. As usual, you can reach us at Road to Damascus. That's Road, the number two, Damascus at iCloud.com. As well as follow us on our socials. That's Road to Damascus on Instagram as well as Twitter. And come into a TikTok near you. Now I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> now I'm going to introduce the people that's going to help me navigate the show But I don't have many introductions today Because it's just me and the rabbi running solo dolo Say what's up to the people, rabbi What's up, everybody? Man, the crowd giving you a nice round of applause today Man, I love, I love the people well, They the love pe- me back The people love you back And just um, before we start the show I just want to send a shout out to the rabbi uh, she preached at church a couple uh, Sundays ago and called fire down from heaven. Oh, come on. I mean, she was on. Whew, I, I know I, I know a uh, pastor had to replace the microphone because you was just because <laughs> you, you was spitting flames on that mic. I'm just saying. And what hey, that ain't jokes. What uh, what earthquake say? These ain't jokes. I these, appreciate that. these ain't jokes. But um. Let's go ahead and dive right into this topic today. I think it's a, a good one. Um, misrepresenting the consequences of misrepresenting Christ individually and collectively. The consequences of misrepresenting Christ individually and collectively. What you think about that, Rabbi? Okay, I'm, I'm going to start at the, at the end. Okay, and, and work your way to and the beginning. Yeah. So this uh, Quentin Tarantino production. There you go. Kill Bill. <laughs> right. No, that's not. No, that, that, uh, that was uh, Pulp uh, Fiction. But most of his movies are like that. They just jump around. Listen, the consequence of, of misrepresenting Christ is that you miss Christ. That's the consequence. You misrepresent it, which means you, you show something that's not real. You get people to buy into something that's not real or um, and and the consequence is that at the end you have nothing. You have missed it. He passed right by you and you didn't see it. That's the consequence. And if you're leading people, when you walk by, they walk by and you cause people to miss him. And the consequences of that, though the consequence of that is judgment. You will be responsible for that. All of the blood will be on your hands because you let them pass them. You coming out the gate, right? So you just throwing the flame. So when I think of, um, and I'll be honest with you, the, the reason that I um, delved into this topic, there was um, a video of a pastor out of, I want to say, Tennessee, um, and I might add the clip and edit to uh, the podcast to play so people can hear the clip. But it was a pastor out of Tennessee that um, was getting very political on the pulpit, talking about um, if you vote Democrat, you not going to heaven and just a bunch of nonsense. And at the end of the day, it just made me think of, there are people at the church cheering and 
rooting and hollering, and it's like, bro, who are you? Who are you representing? Right. Because you mess misrepresenting, like God ain't talking about no political parties, and God ain't talking about no. Um, he's coming back for a church. He's coming back for a body. Right. Not a building. Not a race. Not a uh, uh, any type of particular group. He's coming back for a church of people. And when you stand on the pulpit and tell your people that certain people aren't going to make it to heaven, you speak like somebody who has a heaven and hell to put people in. And you're misrepresenting Christ, God, the Bible, everything. That's on a church collective level. But then you have the individual level where you have people who say, I speak as a Christian. And Christians, like I heard a guy say, not come a dime a dozen. Everybody's a Christian. Mm -hmm. And they say things that is misrepresenting. I'll, I'll say it to you like this, Shonda. Have you ever heard somebody say something and they claim to be a Christian and they say something and it just makes you cringe? Oh, yeah. They say something or do something and, and leave you thinking there is absolutely nothing Christ-like about what you are doing or saying. At all. At all. In no form or fashion. There's no way I could, even if I graded this on the curve, it still wouldn't look like Christ. And 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 so what begins to happen is that misrepresentation becomes the reputation mm -hmm. of how we look at Christians. Or how we cause or shape another person's view of Christ. Right. Yeah. Why Why would I want to serve the Christ that's okay with you doing A, B, C, or D? Right. Or why would I want this if it ain't working for you? Absolutely. Because even people who, who are non-believers, they know what believers are supposed to act like. Right. They know what you're supposed to do. They know how you're supposed to talk. They've studied you. Because even if the things you don't believe, you have to have some knowledge about it to not believe it. Right. So I know what it's supposed to be. I know what it's supposed to look like. I know what it's supposed to sound like. I bet you I know how you're supposed to treat me. And I know when you're not treating me like that. So they know. And they're watching when you say who you are, they're watching to see if you really are. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. When do you think that is more egregious when it's collectively like as a, a, a or it's all the same, like the damage is done. Like when I mean, like whether it comes from a pastor, uh, a priest, a bishop, whatever your denomination may be. Do you think that's more damaging or when it comes from uh, a well-respected person, maybe that you, you looked up to as a, a fellow um, walk walker in the faith? That's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one because it could really be neck and neck in, okay. in this aspect. Um, if you're, if you're a leader, you know, of, of a congregation, um, then you've become like Manasseh. You know, you lead the people astray, and then he came to his senses and came back, but the people were too far gone. Um, 
And that's always a wild story when you think about it. Listen. Like, imagine you lead them astray, and then you be like, "Wait, what was I thinking?" Like, yeah, let me and let me get let me get myself back, back together. And then you like, "All right, people, listen." Right. And they like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Mm-mm. What are you talking about?" They've believed your lie or your false teaching to the point where they have taken it and they have made it their truth, and then you turn around and go back to the real truth, and they can't. So would that be like um, a pastor that we just had an apology from this week who was talking about apologizing <laughs> for, for preaching a prosperity gospel for so long, and that's not what it's about? He's he definitely going to have some fallout and, and some backlash. But you know what? He's gonna, it's going to be mixed. Right. There are going to be some people who will never hear uh, what he's saying now because they bought in hook, line, sinker, boat, motor and tackle box to the first thing that he said. So they'll never be able to uh, shift their perspective. And then you'll have, you know, like these, some newer people who feel like, whew, I ain't want to do that no way. So they're glad to hear. Absolutely. um, That he has this, this new revelation, which is not new. It's just revelation. You know what I mean? It's just revelation. But continue. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. And then the second part of that is even if it's one-on-one, it's just as damaging because I'll use us. Right. I have an an enormous amount of respect for you. Right. So when you say something to me, I'm I'm trusting that what you say to me is is correct. Correct. And and that it's truth. Gotcha. So there's a certain amount of, of, of faith that I have in what you say. Absolutely. I believe that you're telling me the truth. It's something I need to admit to you, Sean. No, <laughs> <laughs> and so when we have individuals like that who are trusting and they buy into the truth, it's just as damaging for them to realize that we have lied to them. Absolutely. Because like, whoo. I trusted you. I believed you. You were a resource for me to actually build my life on. So to realize that you lied to me is damaging. And it's damaging because you didn't trust me enough to tell me the truth. Absolutely. Like, um, it's a movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's called Eight Men Out. It was about the 1919 Black Sox um, scandal where these baseball players had taken uh, money to throw the World Series. And one of the players, a little boy, walks up to him and says, say it ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so. You know, you get that feeling like, say it ain't so. Yeah. Say it ain't so. Um, In my opinion, I think I would agree, but I would lean a little bit more on – the side of the leadership from this standpoint, the Bible is littered with leadership that was not great. Mm -hmm. Um, Even is it, um, I can't think, is it, is it Jeremiah or Nehemiah where it says, woe unto the pastors that have led my sheep astray. Um, Scatter the flock. Yeah. I can't, I can't think right now or, um, later on when Jesus comes on the scene and the Sadducees and the Pharisees leadership is just 
got the people running in circles. So it like the the Manasseh situation you brought up. It it just becomes damaging because we're seeing it firsthand now, Shonda. We seen a demigod come on the scene and lead these folks astray, un- telling them stuff he didn't believe that he know isn't true. Right. And now we have a whole movement in this country based on that. And I'm not even talking, that's more on the secular side, but you see the damage that can be done because once folks really start to dive in and believe something, it's really hard to get them not to believe it anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one person. Okay. So this is, this, this okay. is my, my, my pushback. Okay. No, that, that, that I'm we're I'm one person. Right. But I'm attached to another person. So when I'm talking to you and you tell me something that I can believe, then I'm going to share that with somebody. Gotcha. That person's going to share it with somebody. And that person's going to share it with somebody. This is how it starts to grow. And this is how one person becomes a congregation. So until we start to see one person as a congregation of people, we're going to still be doing it wrong. We have to see every person as a congregation because they're all attached to somebody that they're going to share this with. So if I misrepresent it to them, they're going to misrepresent it to somebody, and it's just going to spread into a congregation of people. Okay. It might spread slower, but it's still going to grow. Well, they even talk about Paul. Paul... We don't know how big the church is, Corinthian or Galatians or right. Ephesians. Well, it could have been 20 people. Right. I think in our minds, we think of 5,000 seat right. churches that he was writing letters to. He literally could have been writing letters to 15, 20 people. Right. And those people expanded it and grew it mm-hmm. and said, look at this epistle that Paul has sent us about how last time he was here, what can help us effectively continue to walk the walk and walk the faith. But but I also think that the the problem in today's society has been the misrepresentation. We misrepresent the word, we misrepresent Jesus, we mis, mis, misrepresent God and and even it's funny to me because if I if I never knew anything about Christ, never knew who he was. Say I was an alien and I came from the, the planet Krypton and I've and I'm been here for six months studying your ways of your people. But I came to America when I got here. Kansas and the Kents a family, let's just call them the Kents, took me in. I would think that Jesus was a blonde haired, blue eyed, AR carrying person who when he comes back, he's gonna set his throne up. In Washington, D.C. That's what I would think. Okay. Because we, in, especially in Western society, have represented Christ in that way. And that is far from who Jesus was. Jesus was a meek, humble servant who, when he washed the feet of the men who followed him, he said, what? I have to do this. He talked about helping the poor and all these other things. We make it seem like Jesus was a capitalist that was like, get in where you fit in. Right. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> I mean, it's this one, um, I, and I'll show it to you off here, but it's this one video where it's like, this is really who y'all expect me to believe that Jesus was? And it, but, but that's what we do. That's what 
we we've done here in Western society. We've misrepresented who Christ is. We've even, and even when I go back to the condemning people to heaven or hell, didn't Jesus say, let the wheat and the tear grow together here due to separating? I'm not a farmer. I'm not an agriculturalist. I, don't, I couldn't tell you what wheat or tear is. So you know what? I'm just going to leave that to the professionals. They look a lot alike, which is why he said, leave it to me. Because things that look like a tear to you, actually, that's wheat. So don't you separate. Because you're going to separate based on how you see. If all you have are your five senses, you're going to be in trouble. Your five senses, this is how you input information. This is how you gather information. You need the Holy Spirit to interpret that information. So if all you're trusting are your senses, you're going to be in trouble. You're already in trouble. You've already lost if that's all you got. And you know it's easy to misrepresent what you don't effectively know. Bam. If you haven't had enough relationship with Christ to the point that you've been changed, then you don't really know him yet. Well, we were having this conversation off mic about relationship. Mm-hmm. And let's go back to me and you then, the okay. dynamic, us knowing each other. I think I know you well enough that if somebody asked me to, oh, tell me about Shonda, I won't say anything that will misrepresent you. Right. Because I we have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, Shonda, smart, intelligent, dropping gems. Uh, her calling is to be a teacher. Um, but even when she preaches, she preaches in a way that teaches. Um, um, witty, going to hit you with some truth juice. So if you ain't ready to collective, she going to say things that may hurt your feelings and she won't bat an eye if your feelings get hurt. Anything I said would misrepresent no. you? No. <laughs> I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Right. But, but when we talk about God to people or the church or Jesus, we don't talk about him because we don't know him right. to talk about him. Right. We leave out that side. That he's going to hurt your feelings. Your feelings are going to be hurt. Because once you come to him, you're going to be confronted with the one thing you've never really been confronted with. And that's yourself. Who you really are. What you really look like through his eyes. You're going to see that and you are not going to like it. And he's going to show you things that need to be changed. Your life is going to change. Some things are going to be taken away from you that you don't like. And if you have this this fake facade about Christ and it's all love and it's all pleasant all the time and he wants me to be happy and I'm going to be happy all the time, you're going to look at that struggle as not being him. Who has misrepresented him to you to make you feel like it's going to be sunshine and roses all the time? Absolutely. And it's funny because you jumped ahead. I was going to ask that. As a question, because I think we've misrepresented him to a point that people rather will have the misrepresented yeah. version of Christ. It's, a, it's like American history. Ooh. <laughs> that anything that really talks about true American history is critical race theory or you don't love this country where it's like, no, this is just. This is the country. This is this is America. Right. As childish Gambino said I mean you understand what I'm saying so it's like 
I would rather have the 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 ugly the ugly truth than the pretty lie. <sighs> you get what I'm saying? I absolutely do. So I think we've had now that is I think the larger problem that we face is reintroducing the real Christ to people. So how do we now reintroduce the real Christ to people? One, you you can't reintroduce him if you don't know him. You can't reintroduce him if you still have difficulty difficulty being your authentic self. Because in order for you to introduce him right, you have to be comfortable with what he made. You have to be comfortable with how he made you. You have to be comfortable with the life he gave you. You have to be comfortable with the channels he brought you through. You got to be comfortable with the fact that your dad wasn't no good and your mama might have been a hoe. You got to be comfortable with your past. You got to be comfortable with all the pieces that, that make you you. That make you you. And people can't do that. You have to be comfortable with the life you have, not being the life you imagined that it would be. You have to be comfortable with yourself. I'm, I'm going to bring this up because I brought it up. Like I said, we were dropping flames before the show, but we talked about fairy tales. So I had Bro. got this <laughs> this revelation, and it just what you were saying brings it to me. Um, everybody talks about, oh, you want this fairy tale life? You want this fairy tale life? We've even lied about fairy tales. Sure. Because I've never read a fairy tale that got to the happily ever after without some difficulties. Right. Cinderella was in the attic. Talk about it. Getting treated like trash by her stepmama. And stepsisters making her clean up, cook, not giving her the best food, all of that after her daddy died. Right. Treating her like trash. That's what her difficulty was. Snow White banished from the kingdom, having to go live on the streets till these men took her in. And then even when they took her in, she had to cook, clean, and look out for them. Snow White at the top of the, the tower, then got her finger pricked and curse put on her by a witch and all this other stuff. And even the people who had to eventually come to help them had the difficulties of that person's past to even get through to help them. Right. So just like when Christ has to navigate to get to who we are, he has to go through the difficulties of what we've been through to get us, to save us, to be able to get to our happily ever after. Right. You're going to see some ugly stuff. You're going to see some scary stuff. There are some things that are going to come to light that have been hidden in the dark places of your past that if you aren't careful, you'll blame God for it and say that this happened to you. But it happened for you because were it not for that, you wouldn't be experiencing this. Cinderella could get mad and say, why would my dad even marry a woman like this? You had to see that this woman didn't like me. And if something ever happened to you, this is how she would treat me. So now I'm going to grow up being resentful of my daddy mm -hmm. because he married this woman. And now I have to live with this woman by law because I don't have anybody else to take care of me. And the house that we're living in is my dad's house. The house that I'm now sleeping in. I'm no longer able to sleep in the room that I used to sleep in that my dad left for me because she didn't let her daughter sleep in that room and you to put me in the attic and I got them now befriend the mice, the, the rats, the, 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 whoever, the birds, the crows. I'm upset that before I was born, my mom made a deal with a witch that now this witch didn't come back to, you know, 
get reap what they didn't uh put into it and not as which said well the cost is me and then you say no i'm not giving up my child so now the child is now put in the tower and put asleep or even what's the one about um uh what was the one with rapunzel not not rapunzel the one who uh was the straw rumple steel skin now I'm I'm stuck down here having to make straw, and you want me to turn straw into gold when you? But I so I I, I joined a, a a cult or I made a deal with the devil to be able to help me <laughs> make this straw into gold. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. All of these things have to happen, and these the, we always think about the happily ever after. Right, but if it wasn't for was it uh, Cinderella who had to be home by 12? Yeah. But if, if that hadn't happened, if she hadn't been running to trying to hurry up and get back in the cherry before it turned into a pumpkin, she wouldn't have fell out of her shoe. He wouldn't have found that shoe to look for the person who had the shoe. Listen. And the shoe only fit her foot. Only fit her foot. Nobody else in the hey. kingdom. When God got something for you, hey. it's only for you. And the, most of the time it's disguised as a difficult situation. You got run out of your shoe. Don't get so mad that oh, I I got to be at home by a certain time and I ain't being at home. That you tear up everything simply because you're impatient. Just hey, listen. There are gonna be some bad times that you have to go through. All of us to get to the good time. We misrepresent Christ when our feelings are bigger than the truth. Can't let your feelings be bigger than the truth. When your emotions are bigger than the truth. When your attachments are bigger than the truth. When he's trying to tell you, let go, and you can't because you're so attached to whatever it is. And he's trying to tell you, hey, I'm trying to take this from you because I have something bigger and better for you. But he's like, wait, but I've had this so long, I don't know what I'm going to do without it. And he's telling you, just let it go. Or when your emotions are so big, you don't know what it's like to just live in the truth. It always has to be entangled with how you feel. Come on. At some point, the truth got to be bigger. I want to quote this brother. I just started following him on Instagram and Twitter. Um, his name is Dante Stewart. Um But he had this uh, post just the other day, and it's funny because it's kind of what you just said. Many people don't leave Jesus or religion because they hate both. They leave because they realize how often we love theology more than people, mm. control more than inclusivity, arrogance more than humility, assimilation more than freedom, and power more than love. He gets a Jamaican yeah. horn for that. <laughs> he, was, he was dropping bars. And like you said, we love all these other things more than we love the G. Like if the, the, the thing to me, with the misrepresentation and the consequences of it is we make people lovers of themselves mm -hmm. because the thing we're telling them is that we almost make people feel like Christ needs you. Right. Christ doesn't need us on no level. We need him. Right. If it wasn't for him, we would all be condemned. Right. Imagine if you were left to your own devices I know we are people, people think that they're in control. And so they're doing things and they're rejecting him because they feel like they're I'm lo losing control. But you've never had control. Ever. Ever. 
You've never been protecting anything. You can't protect anybody from anything. You have this false sense of safety because there's a blood barrier around you. You feel like you're protect. You're not doing anything. You have no control in your house, out of your house, in the car. And I'm not trying to trigger anybody's anxiety. What I'm trying to do is get you to understand that you are in the hands of somebody who separated your end from the beginning. He knows all. He sees all. He's doing all of the work. He's doing all of the work, and you feel like you're doing it. So we've got to stop making people feel like they're on their own, that they got it. You ain't got it. You never You, you never, never had it. And you never will. Ever. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Now tell me what part of that you can control. None of it. None of it. I can't, we can't control whether it rain. We can't control whether it snow. Cause if we could control whether it snow, Michigan wouldn't have the winters that they have. Right. And if we could control the rain, some people's grass would get wet and some wouldn't cause we don't like them. Right. Because our feelings about a situation are bigger than what's actually happening. And, and, and we make people feel like it's okay. Cause we promote how we feel. Oh, well, that, that's the biggest, the biggest issue is us. For me to die, no, for Christ to die and me to live is gain. Wait, no, I'm saying that wrong. To live is Christ. To live is Christ and to, to die. die is gain. But even to me, the, and, I, and I'm a, um, the biggest consequence to me mm-hmm. that comes from the misrepresentation, like whether individually, collectively, the biggest casualty of this fight becomes love. Mm. Should I give myself the horn for that Please. one? The biggest casualty becomes love. I got an epiphany. Epiphany. I got a revelation. Epiphany of revelation, depending right. on if you secular or say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> trying to reach all the masses. Um, a few, about a month ago. And it went like this. As Christians... We've done, no, not even as Christians, as the world, we've done nothing to earn Christ's um, grace. There's nothing we've done. There's nothing we could do. We don't deserve it. We're not worthy of it. None of it. Right. But we were given grace. We, in turn, as Christians, can't give grace to people because we don't have grace to give. So how do we represent Christ down here? It's through love. We are supposed to love people the way Christ gave us grace. We're supposed to love people regardless of who they are, what they are, whether we agree with their lifestyle, whether we don't agree with their lifestyle, whether they're gay, straight, black, white, Asian, trans, untrans, in trans, on trans, this trans, that trans, any of that. We're supposed to love them regardless. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, it talks about love. It's not about marriage. It's about love, how we're supposed to love one another. Look it up, people. I know you like it at your wedding, and it sounds good, and it sounds cute, but that is not about marriage. That is about how we are supposed to love one another. So when we love people the way that they're – if we love people the way that God shows us grace, then we will be bringing more people to Christ. But because we don't love people the way God gave us grace, we lose people. And to me, that is the biggest misrepresentation because love loses. Mm. 
because now we make our love towards people based on how we feel. Mm-hmm. Wait, how you living your life? Then I can't love you. I didn't say you have. Christ don't like everybody that he's giving grace to. Right. But he's giving it because we asked for it. Mm-hmm. And he loves us. Right. I don't like everybody that I love, but I'm doing it. Right. Because everybody deserves and needs and wants love. Right. Whether they know it or not. The woman at the well, when she came up and he asked her for something to drink. First of all, Jesus sitting at the well. No spoon, (laughs) no cup, no bucket. So he wasn't at the well to get water. He was at the well to give some grace. That's why he was there. He met her where she was to show her some love, to win her over. We don't do that. We look at her based on what she done, the five husbands she had, and the one you with now that's not yours. And we say, she don't deserve no water. She don't deserve nothing. Why is he talking to her? Because she needs more love than you might at this time. He's closer to the brokenhearted. We look at the broken people and leave them broken. We look at them and try to reckon why they're broken instead of determining that they just need more love right now. Love congeals broken places. Love covers a multitude of sins. It does. That's what the Bible said. Like it's Love said- heals. Love empowers people to change themselves because you can't change anybody. But you can love a person to the point where they want to be a better person. How many? How you? We've seen the 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 videos and the stories where they show a dog that was confrontational and right. barking and and and, and, and and the person adopts the dog and they'll put the video and show the process of them mm-hmm. getting this dog to come out of the shell by just loving the dog. Right. And we'll do this for animals, but won't do this for people. Some pe- nobody cares about who the dog used to sleep with. Nobody cares who the dog sleep with. Nobody cares who the dog bit. Right. Nobody cares about who the dog mama or daddy is. Right. Or what they did. Don't care they just see a that. they see an angry dog that's hurting. That's hurting. It ain't angry because it's angry. It's right. angry because it's hurting. And people are the same way. Anger is the easiest expression of pain. It's easier to say I'm angry than to say I'm hurting. It's easier to say I'm angry than to say I'm ashamed. It's easier to say I'm angry than to say I'm scared. But we don't look at that. We just look at what they're doing. We never consider the why. We misrepresent God like that because he understands the why. He sees the heart. We only see the actions. And he's telling us, don't judge according to appearance. Judge righteously. Nope. It's how I feel about what I see. And we get it wrong. Every time. Every single time. <sighs> we got to do better. Can we? Absolutely. You think so? We just got to surrender. I, I, and I'm the most optimistic person. Yeah. But sometimes this gives me pessimism because... We before the show we were talking about how the current flows one way, mm-hmm. and you have to make a decision yep. that I'm not gonna flow with the current because I'm swim the other way. I'm gonna swim the because you don't know where the current is taking you. Right. I've been to Niagara Falls, and if you look at the water and the current, if the further you are from the falls, 
you look like you just going in a nice pace. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on going. Keep on going with that current. Yeah. There's and, a ledge. <laughs> and and when no, I think only of the people who've attempted to go over Niagara Falls. I think only one person has survived. And that wasn't number, but I'm saying the chances of survival mm-hmm. when you go over that cliff of Niagara Falls. Yeah. But you were, hey, I was just going with the current. Yep. The chances are with any current that it's either leading you over a cliff or sucked into a hole because that's where everything's going. Water's going to find its level, as they always say. Absolutely. And it's taking you somewhere because the water is going somewhere. Right. You have to be willing to be different. You have to be willing. Yeah, it takes more energy to, to swim against the current. Way more energy. Way more energy. Bro, I'd rather <laughs> see where the current's coming from than to see where it's going. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's Bec- going to take some energy. It's going to take some struggle. It's going to take your strength. It's going to take all of your strength to do it. And you're going to be, you're going to see people flying past you. Going the other direction because that's where everybody's going with the current. Like, and they Man, looking why? Why, why you, are you going that way? Why are you struggling like that? It, it's easy to go. Come on with us. It's easy it's to all, go this way. And we're trying. Hey, wide is that way. Narrow is the gate that leads this way. Come go this way. Uh, no, I ain't about to swim that hard. Right. That's that's too to much that. swimming. Right. No, you you got to push. You got to do it. And don't people understand that Jesus and the disciples were going away from the current? Absolutely. Be- and you know he was going away from the current because everybody else was like, wait, wait, no. Nah. And they trying to catch him up. Right. Well, ask him this. Ask him that. Mm-hmm. Find out about this. Find out about Look that. Look how angry they got at the simple things he said. How angry they were at the love he gave to people that they deemed unlovable that should tell you right there that you just loving people who love you you just loving people who look like you want them to look who are doing what you want them to do that there's something wrong with that that's not the crowd jesus inserted himself in that's not the crowd he hung with right absolutely i mean i can imagine peter with somebody be like like you said peter that peter the fisherman right the one the high head Cussing Peter? Peter who always want to fight? And, and he's, We talking about Paul, who killed everybody he saw. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what we talking about? Yeah, yep. Wait, wait. The woman who 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 was who was the, was the prostitute? She running with him? Right. He letting a prostitute hang with him? I don't know about that guy. There, there's a certain amount of... When you live your life like Peter, you know, when, when, when you've had, uh, when, when you'll fight, you know, when, when you're not worried about what, what, what people are going to say about you anymore, when you are openly a prostitute, when you are openly gay, when you are openly angry and will fight, when you openly cuss, there's a certain thing about this freedom that you have, this liberty that you have that God can use. 
because you're not going to be concerned anymore about what people think about you or how they feel about the clothes you have on or how they feel about what you used to do because all I got for you is the truth. That's all I got for you. Not worried about how you feel about it. This is just the truth. If you've been through what I've been through, <laughs> you're going to tell the truth like that too. The whole truth and nothing but and the truth. Nothing but. So help me God. I don't have any misrepresentation for you. Well, I heard you. I did. Well, I heard you say it. I said it. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. That was, what you heard, that's the, that's the truth. Yeah, because I'm not you, running from it. You and I are one of them people. I, I love I love this line by Tupac. He says Prophet. The prophet Tupac that says, You talking about watch your back? No, nigga, watch your front. Listen. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you ain't got to worry about watching your back with me, because you're gonna see me coming a mile away. I'm not the throw a rock and hide my hand kind of person. If I throw a rock, when you turn around, I'm holding another one. Right. I meant to get your attention. I'm not, what What am I hiding for? He already knows. He knows the way that I take. He knows the thoughts that I think. He already knows how I feel about everything. So I don't need to marry my feelings and put them all on front street. He don't care about how I feel. Do what I told you to do. You don't care about how I feel. Say what I told you to say. He, because it's that thing that's going to deliver somebody else and show them that the truth is going to work for you. The truth will set you free. It'll, it might not set everybody else free. But it'll set you it'll free. It'll set you free. And, and all we got to do is how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One, I'm not about to sit here and be like, oh, I got to do this and cut. No. Just give me a piece, put it on the plate. And we'll start there. But everybody want to figure out all this other stuff. Whereas the simplest thing is just put a piece on my plate and let's get started. Let's get started. No, but we got to cut it this way and angle it that way. And if you do this, then you can eat the thing. But if you cut the ear first, maybe cut the, the horn off and then. You straining at a gnat <laughs> and swallowing the camel when we got a thousand pounds of elephant to eat. Just cut it. Just cut it. Just cut it. Cut it. Cut it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you you understand what I'm saying? And it's yeah. and so it, it becomes a lot more we just make things a lot more difficult than they have to be. And that's what we we major in the minor. Absolutely. And it's like and and sometimes the simplest answer just seems too simple. Mm -hmm. So it, it, you, no, that can't be it. That can't be it. It got to be something more to it. And I think even another thing we do that misrepresents is we try to make this thing a lot more difficult than what it really is, Shonda. Right. We try to spiritualize and philosophize mm -hmm. everything where it's just like, no, this is just what it says. If we make it difficult, then we have more respect for the people who can accomplish it. But the Bible wasn't written to educated people. Some of us too smart. 
It wasn't written to educated people who were scientists and mathematicians and who had degrees in psychology and theology and philosophy. These were agriculture. They were agriculture. You want to know what's happening? Look at the stars. Right. You look at the stars now, people think you, you're dabbling in astrology and you're right. going to hell. Well, what's the difference between astrology and, and astronomy? Absolutely. And people don't understand that. They do not. They link it all together. People used to be able to tell the seasons was changing by looking at the sun. Absolutely. They this, The word summer solstice and how they know that June 21st is the longest day of the year right. is because of the way the shadow, how they would tell time mm-hmm. is they would make sundials and the way the sun would shift and they would be able to look right. at the sundial and know this is the time of the year and the seasons is about to change. Jesus did it. Uh, God did it. The, the greater light ruled the day. The lesser light ruled the night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. You had to look at what was happening so that you would know. You have to look at the animals. They'll tell you, see all the, the birds going one way, then you need to be looking, hey, what, what, what is happening? If all the animals running that way, it's, you go that, you way, go too. that way too. You have to look at what's happening. Look at the ground. You were supposed to plant one year, let it let it let it rest a certain amount of years, and then plant again. I have but a cherry they got tree. Greedy and started raping the land, and you're wondering why the crops are turning out the way they are because you're not following biblical principles anymore because of greed. It ain't God that's 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 cursing the land. It's you with your greedy self who so, has tried to take what God gave you. And make it more than what you deserve. Because you got to turn a profit. Yeah, and it was never about, about turning money. a profit. It was about feeding the people, right? storing up. And healing the people. The land was to heal the people. It has everything you need. Dandelions, boil them. Don't just mow them down. Cut them up. Boil them. Drink it. It's good for your immune system. It's good for your stomach. It's good for your gut. But no, 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 no. Mm-mm. I'm going to tell you this. I know that CBD oil, when I put it on my joints, when I'm aching, I mean within minutes. You don't feel nothing else. You don't feel nothing else. And that hot and ready or icy hot be hot and cold and about 20 minutes later, I put that CBD on. Like, oh, man, I feel that. I'm straight now. Right. Like, come on, y'all. The earth was created for us, but we misrepresent God all the time in our daily lives in in the small minute things that's how you you start to change how people think and feel it's a little bit at a time it's, it's the, the little small foxes things that you do on a consistent basis that lead to mass rep- misrepresentation if I like took the miseducation of the negro it starts small when our children are in school just a little bit at a time until it becomes too big, like habits are too um, small to notice until they're too big to carry. That's how it, it's it's, wow. it's institutional. That was a that was a that was a little nugget you snuck up in there. But it's, it's no different than like if I if I took a water and just let it drip in the same spot mm-hmm. on on some concrete. Mm, yes, just continue to just drip and over drip time. over time. It's going to divot into that concrete. It's going to mm-hmm. crush it. It's going to open it. And guess yep. what you're going to have? You're going to have the, the the Grand Canyon. Yep. And and you think that a drop of water, a drop of water doesn't have enough power to crack a rock. It had enough power to make a canyon. Look at these manholes. 
that be swallowing these people cars. Right. Open up in the middle of your house. Right. Because it's just a little drip, drip, and it's tearing that land up mm-hmm. to the point that one day you be sitting in the kitchen, yep. and next thing you know, you six feet. <laughs> right. Because you don't see it happening until it's too late or until it's a giant hole that you fall into. Misrepresentation of Christ is the same way. You don't see it happening until it's so big that it sucks all the life out of you. You don't see it happening until you fall in the hole that you dug. And most people fall in the hole and blame God. No, no, no. This is you with your little drip of water that's been dripping for the last 40 years. And Holy Spirit been trying to tell you, turn that off. Turn that off. Fix that faucet. No, fix that leak. You got a leak and you don't do it. Now your pipe's busted. I can't believe God let this happen to me. Been telling you all along. But your feelings, how you felt about the messenger, how you felt about what they said, how you felt about what you're doing, because I'm in control and I'm grown. I do what I want to do. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Right. Somebody going to tell you. Somebody is going to tell you, or they'll be talking about how they tried to. Man, I, man, facts. That's, I mean, sometimes you just be, that's all you can just (laughs) say is what you always say, listen. Right, man, Man, listen. listen. (laughs) I be putting that in comments like, man, listen. Because that's, that's just really the truth. And what we have to do, and I, and I truly believe this, we have to, in a loving way, say what you mean, but don't say it mean is begin to call out people, individuals or collectors that are misrepresenting Christ. Right. Because that's what Jesus did. And don't jump in the fray of the misrepresentation just because you respect the person who's saying it or you you know the person who's saying it. You don't want to rock the boat. Well, the only boat that ain't rocking is one that ain't moving. <laughs> and if you complacent, you complicit. And ain't no boat on no water not rocking. Hello? That means you ain't even in the water. I don't, don't want to rock the boat. Well, you don't want this boat to move. Right, because the boat ain't, ain't, only time a boat don't move is when it's on just regular land. Absolutely. The only feathers that are not ruffled is on a dead bird. <laughs> so, deal with that. Jesus. Oh, the only cages that ain't rattled is the empty ones. Mm-hmm. Show sure enough. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Jesus came in and he was telling the Sadducees, you generation of vipers, right. calling them out. You tell the people this, but you doing that. You not do. Y'all are misrepresenting my father. Right. He said, I only do something after I see my father do it first. Y'all do it because y'all are staunch and, 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 by the letter, law, and all this other stuff. And y'all not even living by the law that y'all trying to hold the people to live to. We get up every morning. We put on uniforms that represent the company we work for. We get in the car with it all on the side. We drive down the street. Everybody knows the company that we are representing. And we do that from 9 to 5 or 7 to 3, excuse me, or for however long. You're getting paid to represent them. You say what they tell you to say. You follow the script that they tell you to follow because you know at the end of the week or two weeks, 
you're going to get paid. But we refuse to get up early in the morning to represent the one who has a payday that's out of this world. We refuse. Who woke you up this morning. Hello? Who has an eternal payment plan set up. We won't represent him because we care how somebody else may feel about it. Or think. Or think about it. But you don't care about how people feel about you working for a company that's culturally appropriating black people. You don't care about that. Or that's or that's uh, using child labor in right. other countries. You don't care about that because I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this money. I got to get paid. I don't care about what I'm representing. What, what somebody said uh, two weeks ago. That David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed bag bread. That's what David said. But God said the poor is always be among us. And I ain't trying to be one of them. There you go. <laughs> That's what I heard somebody <laughs> say a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> That's the truth. He said the poor you're going to have with you always. God, I believe it. I, I don't want to be one of them. And that's how people feel. I don't want to be one of them. So I'm going to do what I got to do. And I'd rather, rather misrepresent what you can't see as opposed to misrepresent what you can see. The only issue with that is that everything that you can see is controlled by, by what, what you can't see. Let me tell y'all something. She's spitting that same fire that she was spitting two weeks ago. I mean, she's just spitting that same fire. That was a great discussion, Rabbi. Yeah. If you're going to invest in something, invest in what you can't see. Because everything that you can see is dying every day. The grass withers. The flowers fade. But the word of our God shall stand forever. We invest entirely too much, whether it's emotion, time, energy, into the things you can see and taste and feel and touch and smell. And all of that stuff is fading away. Look at your own body. You can tell it's fading away. From the time that you're born, life is the number one cause of death, contrary to what everybody says. The only thing it takes to be on your way out of here is to be born. Invest in what you can't see. That's the only thing that pays dividends eternally. And that's the best return you can get. Have you checked your have you checked your internal PL report? Because mm. if your internity PL report ain't looking like it's like I could check, oh yeah, I got this much money in the bank. Well, how much money do you have in the bank that we can't see? If you could get a picture of what's happening in the realm that you can't see that's caused by the things you're doing that you can see, you wouldn't do it. If the people alive could hear what's happening to the people already gone, you would change the way you do things. Can I just go and tell my brothers so they can't come down here? Nope. If can they I ain't dip my thing? Can I just have them dip his finger in the water and just put a drop of cool water on my th No. The judgment has already been set. You have a time right now to stop the misrepresentation of yourself and Christ. And there is a community of us that will accept you, that won't judge you. Hey. At all. And we'll love you. Hey, at some point, you got to get unplugged from the matrix. 
So at some point, at great discussion. Always good. Great discussion. We could have we could have probably kept that going for about another hour. Absolutely. And it was only me and you. I wonder how much more juicy it would have been if Stephan and Lauren was here. Right, right. So we're going to go ahead and uh, close this out. But, um, man, that was a great discussion. You ready with your closing uh, statement? Yeah. Um, I'm going to paraphrase. Um, we, we, we are to be ambassadors. That's, that's our call to represent him correctly. As an ambassador, you're supposed to speak and act as the person who sent you. You have diplomatic immunity based on who you're representing. We have a charge to do it the way he said do it because it's not about us. It's always about him. We are to be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. Check your love. Represent him right. Amen, amen, amen. You know what? That was a gem that I'm not even going to try to stop. So with that being said, I just want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. Thank you for listening. And until next time, God bless. <laughs>